Today's lesson is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be coming down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Pastor Tim. If we haven't met, welcome to Hallelujah. We're so glad you're all here today. Members, friends, visitors, uh, blessings on your day. Uh, it's always so great uh, when we gather together to worship God and uh, sing praises and uh, spend a little time in the Word. And that's what we're going to do now, reflecting on the Scripture uh, and this great parable that we've just heard from the from the mouth of Jesus. Um, Want to start a uh, little interaction, it's taste, worship, a uh, little, well, let's not say a little, a lot of rain can't dampen our spirits here on Taste of Hallelujah Sunday. Uh, so let's interact a little bit. If a musician could go back in time or even ask a current musician or composer, how can I write the perfect symphony, who might this musician ask? Say it out loud. Mozart, Beethoven, Vivaldi. All right, and the list keep, continues. There's so many wonderful composers, and we can, we can uh, think about how fun that would be to ask anyone, how can we do that? What about um, the BMW championships in the backyard right now? Uh, they're probably delayed a little bit, too, as we uh, sit here. And... Uh, if you could ask any golfer, past or present, how to spend time with you, how can I improve my golf swing? Who would you ask? Jesus, some kid said. That's great. <laughs> That's good. He did say, consider the birdies in the air. about chefs? 
How many of you, how many of you are foodies? How many of you like to cook? Raise your hand. Okay, who would we go back in time or ask a current chef? Shout them out. Gordon Ramsay. Julia Child. Great. Anyone say William Anderson? William Anderson? No? William Anderson is the cook who developed the White Castle Slider. Thank you very much. That's who I'd ask. How can I make the perfect slider at home? Well, speaking of chefs, uh, Santa brought this to our house uh, this past Christmas. Anyone know the Pioneer Woman? Who knows who, the, if I say the Pioneer Woman, who knows what I'm talking about? Her name's Reed Drummond. She uh, married a rancher, and she's this crazy, amazing, comfort food cook. And she uh, has this incredible cookbook that we were blessed with, and uh, we now can make some of her recipes. The reason we like her so much is whenever she shares a recipe, um, Kathy and I always say, I'd eat that. I'd eat that. Because sometimes chefs make really cool things, and it's impressive, but we're like, eh, I don't think that's my... Everything she makes, fantastico. And I have to say, my favorite so far in this cookbook, Cap'n Crunch Chicken Strips. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Why this intro? In our gospel reading today from Luke chapter 10, there is a lawyer. Now, when you hear the term lawyer, I know where our minds run. It's not that kind of lawyer. In Scripture, the, the term lawyer meant someone who was an expert in the law of God. So the laws of Moses, the commandments, the, the, the teaching of the people of faith at the time of Christ. And he asked Jesus a question. He said, how can I inherit eternal life? Think about for one second who he asked this question of. He got to ask Jesus. If you're going to ask someone, how can I inherit eternal life? Who better to ask? This is the Son of God. This is God in flesh, the scripture says. And he's standing right in front of him. Do you ever say to yourself, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask so-and-so this. Well, in this case, heaven came here, and he's standing in front of the lawyer, and he says to him, how can I inherit eternal life? Now, Jesus, as he often does, doesn't just give the quick reply. He puts the ball back in the asker's lap and says, well, what do you read in the scriptures? How do you interpret it? And he said what every person of faith would probably say, well, we're supposed to love the Lord your God with all our heart, soul, mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And Jesus goes, you got it. Do that, and you'll live. The lawyer asked the question, and the lawyer answered his own question. Jesus sometimes lets us work out our faith. Sometimes Jesus lets us figure it out and work through, through prayer and life experiences. And the the lawyer answered his own question. But the scripture says, wanting to justify himself, he pushed the envelope and he goes, hey, uh, Jesus, who's my neighbor? 
Turn to someone right now and out loud ask them, who's my neighbor? Say that out loud to somebody. Who's my neighbor, Jesus? And again, Jesus could answer like that. But as he often did, he told a story. It's called a parable. Everyone say parable. Parable is an uh, earthly story uh, with a heavenly or divine meaning. So he starts a story. He says, a man was going down this treacherous road. Everyone who heard the parable would know the road Jesus was talking about. It was a winding road. It was a treacherous road, not necessarily the terrain as much as it was how it turned sharp turns and lots of elevation, ragged rocks and things. Perfect place for robbers to hide and jump people. So you traveled in safety and numbers. But Jesus goes, a man was going down the road. Not men, not a caravan, a man. And everyone who hears that goes, uh-oh, not that road, uh-oh. It's like me walking into Lambeau Field with my bear stuff on. Not a good thing. And he gets jumped, he's robbed, he's beaten, and Jesus puts it right there. He doesn't want anyone to wonder he's half dead. You're not just hurt, he's half dead. Left for dead. Three people come by. The first is a priest. And the priest sees him. And he goes by on the other side of the road. And on his way. Next person's a Levite. Levite is from the tribe of Judah, the 12 tribes of Israel. The, the, uh, the Levite tribe from Levi, they're the priestly nation. Oh, better go over here. Now a third person. Jesus says, the third person is a Samaritan. And if you don't know your biblical history, I need to let you know that racism is not a 20th century or 21st century phenomenon or problem. Jews despised Samaritans. Samaritans despised Jews. They had sayings about each other I cannot repeat in worship today. Jewish people who would migrate north, interact with Samaritans, marry them, and have this sort of mixed marriage. Jesus says a Samaritan is the third person to see this man on the road. And he comes down, he sees him, and he bandages his wounds, he picks him up, he puts him on his own animal, and he takes him to an innkeeper. And he says to the innkeeper, take care of this man. When I pass back through town, I will pay you whatever I owe you. A Samaritan? The lawyer and everyone around the lawyer who heard Jesus tell that parable are going, are you kidding me? It would have been crazy shocking if the Samaritan was in the road and even a religious leader stopped to help because I will say it again, they didn't like each other and if someone's dead, a, a religious leader might know if they touch a dead person, they're unclean for a while, they got to go through all these rituals, you know, a kind of... A, if it was a Samaritan, the story would be shocking. The one hurt and robbed in the road. Jesus ramps it up. 
He raises the bar even farther, and he goes, oh, it's not the Samaritan in the road. It's the Samaritan who comes to help. It's not the religious leaders who provided mercy and compassion. It's the person you all despise the most. I'm going to date myself now. Back in the day. Now, I'm at the age now where I get to say that. That's getting really scary. Simultaneous with young people calling me sir now in the store. I'm like, when did, when did I become a sir? Saturday cartoons ended. By the way, that was the only morning they were on, by the way. Chores were done. We, all the guys met up at Olympia Park for a little baseball. We turned the field around. We made the backstop where, you know, the backstop and all the dugout fences, we turned that into the, the green monster. And we went out and put home base in center field. We reversed the field. And do you know how we pick teams? If you're my age, you know. You use this. Do you know how you do it with this? Who knows how we do this? All right? I need a volunteer. I need a helper. Come on. Come here. All right. Let's give him a hand. Woo. All right. So we're going to be captains, right? You know I'm tossing this to you. And you're going to catch it. Ready? All right. Here we go. Who picks first? He does. Nice job. All right. So now all the guys are standing there, and he and I start picking. I'll take you. Eric's the best fielder. I want Eric. Dave. Dave's, oh, Dave's got the power. I will, oh, you pick Dave. All right. I'll, on my team, I guess I'll, I'll go to Carl. Carl's, Carl's not great, but he's, he's got good skills. You know, we're, we're moving all around the team, and we're like, okay, we're picking. And we're picking teams all to say what. And the take, first takeaway from today's parable, and I'm just going to put it out there for you to think about and pray about. We don't get to pick teams and decide who God loves. We don't get to pick teams as people of faith and say, well, God doesn't love that person or that group of people or people who do that. Or people who've done that in the past. That's not what we've been talking about in this series. Agape love. This divine love of God. It is not a love we can comprehend with our human heart and soul and mind. Because God's love says there are no teams. There are no Samaritans. We don't get to pick who God loves. The answer today to filling in the rest of the sermon title. God's love is dot dot dot. For all people. Everybody say, all people. And Taste of Hallelujah is about sharing that agape love, taking it in, living in God's promises, and sharing it with other people. Not picking teams on who gets it. Not deciding, oh, well, you know, I'll... I'm okay, I can give God's love to the people I love. That's not how agape love works. 
Last story, we'll wrap it up. Um, when I was little, we would take the big family truckster. <laughs> My dad was Clark Griswold, I'm not kidding you. So we'd take the family truckster all the way to Washington from the Midwest. We'd, we'd come to Grandma and Grandpa's house. My grandma was the best cook on planet Earth. Does anyone know what I'm talking about with the grandma? Can I get an amen on that? She baked. She was a Norwegian. She, she, she made the most incredible food. She passed it on to my mom. Uh, it's just amazing, uh, the blessing of that. We'd go to her house, and we could. Sm she had been making, you know, this is the cook who, the meat starts at like 11 in the morning on simmer, right? It's just before the crock pot. It's just on the, it's on the stove, and it's just simmer. And you know what she'd always do? She'd say, Tim, come here. And she'd pull out the drawer by the stove, and I'd stand up on the drawer, and it hurt my feet. That's, a that's part of the memory is it really hurt my feet. But it was so great that it didn't matter that my feet were dying. I was like, ow, but it didn't matter. Because I'm standing next to Grandma at the stove. She'd take a spoon like this, and she'd go to the corner of the gravy, pour it over all the meat in the pot, and she would take it off the edge where it's just simmering with the little bubbles and the, my grandma's gravy. Ugh. And she'd say to me, do you want to taste? Yeah. Whenever, this is Norwegian gravy. This is the gravy that's got the consistency of pudding. When we'd go out to eat, my, grandma, my grandpa would be sitting nearby and if the gravy was runny or even normal, he'd lean over to me and go, that's not gravy. Oh, you say, Mike's over here. That's not gravy. That's gravy. Uh, you want to taste? Oh, yeah, I want to taste. Oh, so good. So good. Taste of Hallelujah is an event where members, friends, community, visitors, guests come together to get a taste of God's love. Everything from worship, receiving the sacrament here in just a little bit, sharing in community, sharing a laugh, eating together, fellowship, community around the table, playing the games, celebrating the love of God. A little taste. The taste of Alleluia is not the end-all event here at Alleluia. It's one of the wonderful things we do to get everyone together to taste God's love. Do you want to taste? It's our prayer. Let me give you a takeaway here to end with. Something to pray about. And I'm going to do it with you because as any of the pastors will tell you, we struggle with some of the same things you do. My takeaway question for you today is this, if you choose to take it on, and you, you can brush it aside and get back to normal and just, you know, forget I even asked, but it might, like the lawyer in the gospel today, challenge you. In your life, who are the Samaritans? In your life, who would you say are your Samaritans? The parable is challenging us to think about that. And how can we love them? How can we give them a taste of the love of God? Let's pray. 
Lord, thank you for sending your son into the world because you loved it so much. And we know from scripture that you love the whole world, which is everyone. Lord, help us to proclaim that love, not pick teams. Help us to proclaim it to all people. And Lord, deep down in all of us, we struggle with this issue sometimes. There are people, a group of people, people who do certain things, people who behave a certain way. We, uh, we struggle with loving them, Lord. But you don't. And you call us to something better and more fulfilling. Which is sharing your love for all people. With everyone we encounter in our life. To offer them a taste of your unconditional love. Lord, send us to do just that. Help us as a church to be just that. A community of faith living in your love and promises and offering anyone a taste of your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we all said together, amen.